Hey, everybody. We have a full afternoon and evening of programming coming your way. The Kings and the Pelicans on Thanksgiving Eve. That's right. Hope you're on your way to a fabulous holiday. So happy to have you here. We are going to have uh, the halftime show. Then we'll have the postgame show. Uh, but, of course, Wednesdays at 4 o'clock mean that uh, we talk with Jerry Reynolds. And in a couple of moments, Ryan in Sacktown. The Kings and the Pelicans tonight will go over the injury report. And we'll get you ready for this game tonight as the Kings look to bounce back from a, a really an embarrassing, humiliating loss on Monday night. We'll see which Sacramento Kings team shows up. But in just a moment, it will be Jerry Reynolds on If You Don't Like That. Three, two, one, go. Sacramento missed you. Carter, stolen by Williams. And look at this. Oh, you don't like that. You don't like NBA basketball. an ESPN highlight right there. Whoa. Carlson comes in. How about this? Holy moly, Jim Bob Bowley. That is a major league smudge. And it is a pleasure to uh, bring in Jerry here on this Wednesday. The Kings and the Pelicans tipping off in about an hour. And Jerry, Trey Lyles will be making his season debut tonight and not a moment too soon after what we saw on Monday night. Yeah, well, they need Trey back, no question. And I, I don't want to put too much on him because obviously, as you know, when you're coming off an injury that long, really didn't play in the preseason, I think it's going to take him, you know, several games to get comfortable. But uh, this team really needs that extra big that can make threes and play a couple spots. All right, but they don't have Keegan Murray, so you add Lyles, but you don't have Murray. Hmm, you know, Keegan's been very yeah. up and down this year. He has not been consistent. No, he hasn't. You know, I mean, he's been consistently as far as effort. I'll give him that. You yeah. know, trying to do, he's probably trying to do more things, sometimes not to his best advantage. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, Keegan, it's it's a loss, no question about it. And as you pointed out, I mean, yeah, you, you'd like to see this team healthy all at once uh, just for a few stretch of games. Uh, but, you know, it's the NBA. Uh, I mean, you know, let's face it, the, the Pelicans don't have two of their best players available, McCall, C.J. McCollum and Trey, uh, Trey Murphy. I mean, those are, right. two star- those are two starters. So, Yeah, you can't be talking about injuries because, as you said, uh, New Orleans, um, you know, they're, they're missing some key guys. The, the biggest issue with this game, and we'll get to Ryan in a couple of moments on this as well to talk about matchups, but Zion Williamson just had his way with Sacramento on Monday night. You know he's he is just such a force. I mean, and and to, I mean, obviously you, it's easy to say, hard to do. You know, get, you know, get get him off his left hand. You know, make him do something with his right hand, which he can. I've seen him do it, but but not nearly the same way. But but he is so strong. I mean, he's like a a a, a new twenty twenty three version of Charles Barkley. Uh, you know, a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> even more athletic and, uh, but, I mean, you know, when he's healthy, which is very rare, but, uh, he was healthy. He was healthy the other night and, you know, he and Ingram, when, when they're at their best and, and McCollum is that healthy and at their best, that, this is a potentially, uh, a, a good playoff seed team. 
if they stay healthy, which is a huge if. And Dobro Utro to those uh, watching in Serbia. So happy to have you uh, chiming in here uh, as we talk with Jerry Reynolds uh, right here. All right. Uh, we got uh, Paris checking in. So uh, hello to Paris, France, and hope that you are doing well over there, Lucas, and stay safe. The, um, the I don't get alarmed over a game like Monday night. To me, that's part of an 82-game schedule. I can't give you the reason why it happens, but it happens to good teams. It happens to bad teams. But if the Kings come out and are flat tonight and get manhandled, then I would be a little concerned. But at one game, I don't make too much out of one game. No, I, I totally agree with that. It's like when the Kings got beat by Houston in the first game. Okay, that happens. You're on the road. You don't take them seriously. You get rolled a little bit. But coming out the second time when it got, they got beat worse, that really did concern me. Uh, so that's the same thing I'd look at this game. It's like, you know, I'd even say you could lose the game, but you've got to be in the game. Yep. You've got to have a chance to win this game. and Or it is, I won't say, you know, it's too early to, to put up red flags or anything, but, but you, yep. you'd have to say, look, this team has got to find a way to play on the road uh, and, and, and not be embarrassed for one out of every couple of games. Now, one of the big differences between what you were just talking about and tonight is, and I did a rant on this this morning, and I pointed out the same thing that you did, but in those Houston games, De'Aaron Fox was still injured. You have Fox back now, and obviously that could be a big difference. And Fox had his worst game of the season on Monday night. I don't think you're going to see that type of a game again tonight from Foxy. Oh, I don't either. No, he's too good. He's just way too good yeah. to have that kind of game. You know, I thought uh, to New Orleans' credit, they did a nice job of really packing the paint, uh, keeping Fox out as much as possible, and collapsing on Domas. And, uh, you know, they were basically saying, make your threes. Make your threes. And if you, you know, until you do, we're not going to let uh, Fox and Domas really have the paint. And, uh, it, it, and since they didn't, they, they just kept doing the same thing. All right, for the folks that are normally accustomed to a pregame show 30 minutes before the game, uh, we're not going to do that because we got Jerry on right here and uh, we won't have enough time, but we bring in Ryan and Sackdown. Ryan, we're, we're talking about a couple of the aspects leading into this game. What do you see as some of the key matchups tonight? Uh, I think you start off down low. How are the Kings going to guard Zion and Valashunas? And I think once they figure that out, the rest comes from there. So you saw Mike Brown go with the two big lineup that Jerry mentioned at halftime the other night, mix in a little Trey Lyles there. And I think that's the recipe for slowing them down inside. You do have Chris Duarte. So he's available tonight. He was also injured in the other game. So, um, you know, again, uh, uh, injuries are not going to be a story in this game. As Jerry just pointed out, uh, the Pelicans are without two key, two key players. Uh, Jerry, quite frankly, I'm surprised. I know that there's a lot of talent on New Orleans, but I'm surprised at how well they have played without C.J. McCollum because he's a hell of a player. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm surprised. I mean, to me, you know, the last couple of years, he, he may have been their most valuable player. Now, it was, uh, to me, I mean, it's like Ingram. Ingram's been a 30% three-point shooter through through this season. Uh, well, he was a, what, a 90% three-point shooter the other night. Yep. And that. That makes up for for a lot of stuff, and of course, uh, you know Zion was just having his way, like uh, King's defenders were were children almost. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think for them to be 
and that's what's scary. I, I think there's no doubt when CJ comes back, uh, they'll be better for it because he's going to provide a little more consistency. You know that they're going to have a have a veteran leader out there who can get 20 if you need him, or can uh, uh, get 15 assists. I think one of the most underrated players in the last 10 years. And then Ryan, there's the aspect of the backup point guard. Keon Ellis won't be playing tonight, and Davion Mitchell again the other night. I just. I thought he had a good opportunity. He didn't take advantage of it. And he's uh, like a, a box of chocolates, as they say. You never know which one you're going to get. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, the defense is going to be there, but the offense we know will not be there most nights. And I think this is where it's going to be a Monk and Fox, very heavy game. You might see a little bit of a mixture of the three of them at times, depending on the combinations that are on the floor. But you've got to rely on Malik Monk this game, and he's got to play much better, especially on the defensive end. Yeah. All right. Let's talk more specifically about how the Kings, Jerry, uh, make up for the absence of Keegan Murray, the good Keegan Murray. Let's just assume that Keegan would have played a good game tonight. When he plays well, he adds a lot to this team. I mean, he adds the perimeter game. Uh, he can rebound, and he's been rebounding much better this year. And, you know, I think a lot of people haven't been talking enough. I think his defense has been much improved this year. So, you know, when you get the good Keegan Murray, that's a significant loss for Sacramento. Yeah, especially like you say on defense. I mean, he's been the kind of the, the guy that uh, Coach Brown would put on the other team's toughest, toughest guy. I mean, he's got length and he really is, uh, has been competitive offensively, not quite himself, defensively much better than last year. Uh, I, I think for this team really tonight, I, I think a key is Harrison Barnes. He has just got to put up solid numbers and, and be, be good defensively. And, yep. and we've seen that he's, he's been, you know, he's done that his career. Now this has been a disappointing start to his year, but I mean, this is a night where he really has to, to be a, an 18 and eight good defender kind of game for the Kings, I think to win. And, and then I think coach Brown's going to have to get a little creative. I'd be surprised. And I think they can get by with it. You could play Duarte at the small forward a lot of minutes and uh, certainly, I agree with the Rhino. I mean, Monk's got to play big minutes. Yeah, <laughs> Monk and Fox got to play big minutes. That's that, that's all there is to that. Well, Jerry, last year at the end of the season, when we were talking about some things that you thought might happen this year, one of those was Harrison Barnes not being in the starting lineup, and you thought, hey, the Kings would be better off with Keegan Murray at the three, find somebody to play alongside uh, Sabonis, and bring Harrison Barnes off the bench. And I'm just wondering how much longer Harrison Barnes can stay in the starting lineup with this lack of productivity? Well, that, that is the issue. I mean, he's got to start playing better now tonight would be a, a great time for him to, to uh, step out because he, you know, he's going to get the minutes. Uh, he's, uh, they're going to need him to produce offensively and defensively. So, but going back to your point there, I mean, I, I just thought it was the perfect time if you could, uh, you know, because Harrison's still a good player, but I think yep. he could adjust to off-the-bench role, playing a little bit at two forward positions. And, of course, I was hoping they'd get a more powerful guy. Uh, you know, I mean, I was hoping for somebody like yep. Nas Reed, but, but I mean, Minnesota kept him. But but somebody like that, you know, it's like the year before, I'd said Bobby Portis. Uh, I still think they lack that kind of guy. Now, I'm hoping Trey Lyles uh, could – could be a little more like that. I think he yeah. can. I really do. I think he's about ready to emerge to be the kind of player if he can get out there and stay healthy and get 
get his comfort zone because, you know, he was a guy highly ranked coming out of high school, out of college. And uh, just, as you know, uh, gets bounced around once a, a guy's a rookie and he doesn't immediately strike gold and then teams start moving him around. Rhino, the Kings started off 3-0. and And if they lose tonight, and then go to Minnesota, who currently is the number one seed in the West, and lose that. How do you think this road trip will be looked at? Great question, Grant. Um, I think it'll be remembered for the losses more than the wins because we're trying to gauge where this team's at in the season thus far. And you look at the three teams towards the end of the road trip, those are more of the measuring stick games. You look at the Minnesotas, they've beaten the big dogs in the NBA this year, Boston, Denver, New York, Miami. So you've got to try to avoid that. And at all costs, if you do have to lose, like Jerry said, you've got to play well and be competitive in those games. Yeah. Jerry, what do you think? Because, you know, normally when you go on the road for six games, you say, gee, if you can come back 500, that's a good road trip. But if the Kings were to lose tonight and lose against Minnesota, would you consider that still a good road trip? Or do you need to see how they play? Are they competitive tonight, unlike Monday night? And can they take Minnesota down to the wire even if they lose? How would you look at that? I think they got to play competitive. I mean, they can lose these games, but if they're in the game with Minnesota, they're in the game tonight and have a chance to win both of the games where you feel and you can visualize how they might play them and win, then I'd be okay with it because road trips are road trips. And three and yep. three, somebody said when you started, you wanted more. But anytime you go – if you go the season, you know, 500 on the road uh, uh, or near near that, you've had a good year. Uh, but but I think how you how you play them and and like say when you look back you say well beat the Lakers San Antonio wasn't a big deal maybe but Dallas was certainly you know one of the better teams in the West so far now it's also true that you caught them just like the Pelicans caught the Kings yes <laughs> so you got to you know you got to kind of measure that in a little bit. Ryan, when Jerry was coaching and the talent level that he had, I got to be honest with you, I don't know if I ever recall going on a road trip where the Kings were even 500 or better. I got, I, I don't, Jerry. I'm sorry, Jerry. But with the lineup you had out there, I, I don't think we had too many 500-plus uh, road trips. Well, they were no. five, they, they were 500 before the plane touched down in the first city. <laughs> well, I mean, the only time I, I can tell you that we did is if it was a three-game road trip. And I remember we won two games on the – the road trip, uh, I think the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors one time, and then went into Phoenix, and the Cotton was still mad because we beat them in a close game <laughs> in, in Sacramento. They just beat the dog crap out of us, you know. I mean, they were up, you know, kind of like a like the Pelicans game the other night. It's kind of the same kind of thing. But uh, so, yeah, and ask your question, if it's a short number of road games, that's when we could do it. If it's six, no chance. This is an interesting question. If it, it, Hypothetically, if you could only win one of these next two games, would you pick tonight or would you pick the Minnesota game, Ryan? We'll start with you first. That's from Boki over in Serbia. Minnesota, because I, I look at the matchup. That, that is a matchup that's going to be much more difficult than the matchup tonight in New Orleans. That's a game that I think Minnesota, if they stay healthy, Grant, you believe this too, they're not going anywhere towards the top of the West. So that's the one that I want to see them come away winning, especially with how Minnesota's performed thus far. Jerry? Totally agree. I think it's Minnesota. If you could uh, win win there, because they are more, more than likely going to be there at the end. I think they're, 
Whereas the Pelicans certainly, there's too many ifs. You know, can Ingram stay healthy? Can Zion stay healthy? You don't know about McCollum. Uh, so, yeah, in my mind is is if you're really wanting to compete for the highest level in the West, Minnesota's the, the team you want to gauge yourself against the most. I have a little bit of a different take on that. Uh, I'm going to concede that Minnesota is really good this year. I'm not so sure about New Orleans because of Jerry. what Jerry just said. The, the first goal when you are playing in the regular season is, number one, to make the playoffs, and number two, have as high a seed as you can. So I'm almost, and again, understand where I'm coming from. It's still November. I'm not conceding anything, but I'm almost conceding. I'm okay with Minnesota being one of those top four teams. I want to knock New Orleans as far down behind me as I can because currently the Pelicans are below Sacramento in the standings. So I want to push them further down because I'm with Jerry and Ryan. I think you would agree. I think that New Orleans has a greater tendency to have injuries because of Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. But if they stay relatively healthy, they're going to be right around Sacramento, I think, with their lineup for most of the year. So for me, I want to push them further below me. That's how I look at that. Well, that's interesting. I couldn't argue that at all. I, I mean, I haven't thought of it that way because, uh, you know, with the, the balance in the West, you know, you really got to kind of say, how do we get in the playoffs first? Yeah. <laughs> you know, before you yeah. totally worry about positioning, I'll just, you know, I, I say I, I could see the you know the Pelicans if they could stay healthy and get McCollum back. Yeah, they can compete for the top one of the top spots. But I think you know Ingram has missed about as many games as as, uh, as Durant the last few years. I mean, if you really want to look at it, and so and then of course Zion. So that's why I say I think you know whatever. I don't wish them anything bad. I really don't. Well, I guess I do, but uh, not <laughs> anything too bad. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I just expect them to have a lot of star missed games. You know, they were talking about the in-season games. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, and maybe I'm looking at this differently, okay? Um, with Minnesota being a, a in-season tournament game, I don't even look at that. It was just brought to my attention by Boki. I wasn't even aware of that. I don't, I don't care about the in-season tournament. To me, it doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Excuse my language, but it doesn't mean a damn thing to me. I don't care about the in-season tournament. You know, I'm not making the $500,000. That's all it is. It's a, it's a gimmick by the NBA. It's nothing more than a gimmick. The games still count the same, except for to the players who, if you're on the winning team, you get 500. So I don't really care whether it's an in-season tournament game or not. The, the point is that Minnesota is in the next game against Golden State is. But maybe maybe you guys disagree. To me, it doesn't mean anything. Well, I agree. Go ahead, Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I agree with you, but for a different reason. It's a week off in the middle of the season for a team that is seeking to get healthy. So when I look at the big picture, I'd rather have that team take that time, get better, and then hit the floor run and then stretch themselves out win a trophy that means nothing um, and, you know, hit the road right back again into the busy season. Well, I, I mean, I'm the same way. I just don't, you know, other than when I, I turn on the TV and the game is played on a goofy looking court, I don't, I don't have any idea what, what it is. So, you know, that, that part, uh, Commissioner Silver's got, it makes you aware that they're playing some game that's a little different, but I, I just don't, uh, I don't care about it. I'm sorry. I, I don't care. Don't care. 
It's a gimmick. Chuck, happy 50th birthday. Great to have you here on the stream. I've uh, been listening to us since he's been in his 20s and he's now 50. So uh, we wish you uh, the very best. OK. Uh, all right. So, you know, we talk about the schedule, though. I got to believe at some point here real soon. And again, the Warriors will start to play better. And what do they say? The first home game after a road trip is so difficult and that's what's awaiting the Kings. So, you know, th this is a very interesting stretch for the Kings because everybody's so bunched up in the West. This is not a, a week that you want to stumble. And again, I'm not making too much out of Monday. I expect the Kings to play very well tonight. Now, will they win? I don't know if they're going to win, but I expect them to be right in the game. I expect the same thing against Minnesota. I personally think the Kings are going to lose against Minnesota because of matchups. And then you get the Warriors coming up at home. Draymond Green is going to be back. You know, who knows what's going to happen with him. But the Warriors right now are on a big-time slide, gentlemen. Well, they, you know, the thing with them, I mean, it's it's Steph Curry. Yeah, I mean, of course. This, this, I mean, uh, just shows how great he is. But, but I mean, they've never been so dependent on Steph uh, as they are right now. And, and, you know, he can carry a team, but I'm not sure that he can carry them uh, to the promised land, so to speak, like he was able to, because, you know, in the past, as you well know, Grant, I mean, Clay Thompson could go for 50. Mm -hmm. Well, he, I don't believe he can do that anymore. And Draymond mm -hmm. is not the same player. And so, you know, I just don't think it's the same product. I think they're a good team yep. and a playoff team, but as far as a competitor to win the West, I don't see that at all. To borrow one of your lines, is Clay Thompson close in your mind to being a dead horse? I'll tell you what, his, uh, he's not getting out of the paddock very fast, is he? And, and, uh, so, uh, you know, and I, I mean, it's sad because, I mean, with the injuries he's had, the fact that he's playing as well as he is is probably pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he isn't. You know, I mean, yeah, he has to work awful hard to get his 20. Awfully hard. Yeah, Ryan, they're seven and eight right now, the Warriors. They did win their last game. I think they play Phoenix tonight. So, um, you know. But it's still the Kings. It's still the Warriors. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but we're doing that because we talk to Jerry in this format once a week. But, Ryan, what do you think about that? I'm with Jerry for the most part. I mean, anytime you get these two teams together, you know what you're going to get. And even if it is a heavy dose of Steph Curry, when Steph gets it going, and a lot of times lately he has when he's played yep, he against has. the Kings – that's what makes Draymond have those flashes of the old Draymond. That's what makes Clay have those flashes of the old Clay. And before you know it, buzzer ends and the Warriors beat the Kings again. So in some ways, it is a very important game to get. You know, well, though, I, I would say this, uh, you know, and you're right, Rhino. I do think that the Kings themselves bring out the best in the Warriors and the best in Steph Curry. You know, I, I, I don't think the rest of the league gets the same product. And uh, and Curry is capable of, yep. of carrying on a game-to-game on a -game basis. And, and, you know, going back to Clay, it's like he had one of the great lines of the day. They were saying, congratulating him on scoring 20. And he said, I used to be able to get 20 and a quarter. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that's, I mean, you know, he understands. You know, he understands. Yeah, well, and Jerry, in some ways, just to add on to that, the, the Kings don't have the players to attack the Warriors' liabilities or the guys that many other NBA teams are attacking and beating the Warriors doing so. They play that up-tempo style when the two teams meet, and that allows everybody to get into the flow of the game, and it's a different basketball game when they match up. 
Well, well, one thing for sure is you know who's who makes their threes will win that game. That's right. Yeah, that's because you know Curry's back. I mean, he's unless he gets hurt here in the next uh, two games. I mean, he's back, and he, you're going to see a Warriors team uh, that is uh, pretty much at full strength. Hey, I want to tell you about New Works Plumbing. They've got a fix for you. Uh, just go to SacServicePlumbing.com for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. That's New Works Plumbing. They've got a fix for you. Again, SacServicePlumbing.com or call the number on your screen. That's New works plumbing kings and pelicans tonight let's get back to tonight's matchup all right i'm i'm not going to predict right now who's going to win we'll do that at halftime gentlemen but uh i'd be surprised if with five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter this is not a tight game rhino i'm with you grant you look at the game before everything went right for the pelicans everything went wrong for the kings including yep. additional injuries and you just saw they did not have any of the kings spunk in their step the other night and so I expect that to be much different tonight. That starts with De'Aaron Fox. I don't expect New Orleans to shoot the ball as well as they did um, the other night. So I, I think it's one of those things where the Kings have a lot of good factors going their way for a competitive game. Jerry? Yeah, you know, I, I just think this team is too good to play so poorly. You know, in my mind, it's, it was a little bit the good and the bad. I thought against Dallas, truthfully, they might not have been – the Kings might not be that good. Uh, and against the Pelicans, they're not yeah. that bad. You know, I mean, it's it's so tonight we should see who they are. And I think they're a really good team. Still, still um, going to miss some guys and not allows uh, in completely back. But hey, this, but this will be a, a, I mean, I mean, you can't make too much of a one game out of right. 82. Yeah. But, but I, I do think you can't. You can't lose uh, uh, two straight to division rivals, you know. Well, the other aspect is we move forward here. It won't be tonight because Keegan Murray is out of the lineup. But with Trey Lyles coming back, it's going to be very interesting. Once Keegan is back and everyone is good to go, how Sasha Vizankov's minutes are going to be affected, how much is Trey Lyles going to play? Because we know that he's going to play significant minutes Jerry always says it's not Little League Baseball. Not everybody gets to play three innings. Jerry, this is going to be interesting here as we get – once this team gets healthy, how Mike Brown's going to work that bench. Yeah, it's going to be – you know, it's, it's a nice problem to have if you're a coach because you got more good players than you got time for. And that, that's – you know, that's also – that's good. But there's going to be some un- – could be some unhappy campers, you know, and rightfully so. I mean, it's like now Davion's kind of been – phased out so to speak when everybody's yep. happy and and there's no reason to believe that somebody whether it's harrison or keegan or or javel mcgee somebody's minutes are going to be hit they just are and uh, you know who's not going to be affected is fox and monk and sabonis that's correct you know that's who's not going to be affected yeah, spot on, Jerry. I think, I mean, if I have many matchups in my head or many starting lineups that they could swing to, but earlier in the show, you're talking about Keegan moving to the three and Harrison maybe moving out. It's a perfect possibility if Trey Lyles fits right and he comes back from this injury okay, you slide him at the four into the starting lineup, you slide Keegan to the three, then you've got Harrison, you've got Sasha coming off the bench at your forwards, and when Alex Len gets healthy, you've got the backup there at center for Sabonis. I like that. I, I really like that a lot. Uh, I think that's some real possibility there. Jerry? 
Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think that uh, honestly, that sounds like the way probably it would work out. I don't know, but you know, the, the, the only thing I'd say, and, it, and I agree with everything you said, I like Alex Lynn playing some backup minutes more than JaVale and JaVale's mm-hmm. played terrific. You know, he, if there's, if there's a single guy that deserves every minute he gets, it's been JaVale McGee. And of course, it's also the same thing about Alex Lynn. You can't fault uh, either guy for how well they played and what limited minutes they get. My prediction will be Trey Lyles will play very well tonight and not very well against Minnesota. My experience of being around players to come back from long layoffs, they normally come back with a splash and then they have a letdown the following game. So, I, I'm, I think Lyles will play well tonight. Again, they, they've been very cautious with him. He sh- Mike Brown made it very clear before uh, the game tonight that there weren't going to be any restrictions on him. So I expect him to be, you know, he's going to be really into this game. He, it's his first game. There's a lot of adrenaline flying. I, I think he'll play well tonight, Ryan. I really do. Yeah, I hope so, Grant. And, you know, it gives also Zion a different matchup, right, that he didn't see the first night against the Kings. So the only thing I worry about with Trey is the defensive end, because this is going to be a little bit of a difficult uh, first night for him. Uh, But I think he powers through that. And Minnesota would be the game that likely he would struggle. All right. We got that rich. Yeah, Zion's not the guy you want to have to test yourself against very often. But you're right. I mean, and and boy, to Grant's point, though, that that's the way I've seen it over the years. It's just like teams coming off of a road trip. They almost always struggle coming off a long road trip. And I think players coming off injury, you know, they're all psyched up and psyched up for, for their, their first game. And then, then it hits them. And I mean, I, I mean, it's not a hundred percent, but I guarantee you that's a high percentage of where Abs- it plays. Absolutely. And Rich, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you down in uh, San Diego. Good to have you here on the stream. Ryan, to uh, embellish what Jerry was saying, uh, the game that uh, he collapsed on the floor, uh, and thankfully, you know, it was nothing serious. Uh, I thought his next game was one of the best games that he had during his career. So, you know, Jerry bounced back from injury uh, very well. He did. I was there. I witnessed it. Yeah, I, I was just I was just a, as dominant a coach bef- after as before, Rhino. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, you let too. me tell you something. I'm surprised more of us didn't collapse from watching that team play and how bad uh, they were. Oh, oh <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, you know, it's, it was, well, it's just like in having a year-long yeah. flu. You know? <laughs> Glad you guys can laugh about it now. Well, you, why not? You know, yeah. I, mean, I, I have to say, I mean, it, I, I wasn't laughing a lot then, you know, I, no. it was tough. You know, it was tough. And I always remember Mrs. Reynolds tell me, you know, early in the season, I was all depressed and she said, Oh, hon, you'll, you'll figure out how to, how to get this thing going better. You always have. I said, no, no, I won't. <laughs> no, I said, I'd like to, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, so you know, that was a really hurtful moment for me to have to, you know, <laughs> my wife's heart. She had so much confidence in me, and it's like, uh, I mean, there's things, you know, there's things you can't control. You wish you could. Ryan, that's called uh, NBA common sense, okay? Because yeah. I don't care, I don't care who you are, okay? Jerry and I have been through this so many times, especially him as a coach. When you are at practice and you're traveling with a team and you're with a bad team, 
You don't sit there and go, gee, you know, I think we could turn this around. Uh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> you understand that the next six months are going to be miserable and that you're going to get your ass kicked on a lot of nights, that you're going to be bad. And barring miraculous trades, which are very difficult to do because you don't have good enough players to make good enough players to get yeah. Yeah, good trades. You're, so. you're, you're you're, Jerry and I lived through many, 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 many of those seasons. Jerry is a coach, as a front office executive, as a broadcaster. You, you're not trying to fool people, you know. No, it's yeah, a talent but, league, you know. And right on, I mean, it's like the, it's like say the Charlotte Hornets. They'll they'll win a game down. Then they beat the Boston Celtics tonight, but they're not any good, and they're going to end up with a bad record. They don't have enough players. <laughs> and you guys, you guys always did a good job of accentuating the positives when things were sure going tried. good. Sure he dribbled the ball. Right without sure turning tried. it up. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and 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 I mean, that's what you should do. And I try to do as coach too, uh, knowing what. But but you you really still need to respect your players if they're playing the best they can. Uh, yeah. You know, they're they're trying to win. They're, you know, usually they lost for the right reason. They weren't good enough. You know, I you got to respect that. I think. I mean, it's like, well, no, everybody can't be Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, a lot of fans say, well, you know, if you work hard and they all play together, well, if you got a bunch of guys not very good playing together, that's that's not going to work. You know, you put, yep. uh, you know, Michael Jordan out there with, uh, you know, three, uh, another good player or two, and, and he'll win a lot of games. He won't win championships, with, but he'll win a lot of games. You know, so, Ryan, it's like when Jerry was coaching and Danny Ainge was on the team and the Kings were playing the Warriors when they had Mitch Richmond, Jerry knew they didn't have anybody on his roster that could defend Mitch Richmond. And Danny said, no, I'll, I'll guard him. I, I got him, coach. And it was like after the first time out, and Danny walks up to Jerry and goes, I can't guard him. <laughs> right? well, well, yeah, it was it was kind of, you know, it's one of those things where he'd beg me to guard him. You know, I said, you know, I said, yeah. well, he's good. He's a, you know, was a rookie then. And uh, and, and Danny's how I guard him. And then Early on, I actually would call timeout, and, I, and he was kicking Danny's butt. And I said, Danny, can't you guard him? And Danny said, no, I can't. <laughs> you're going can to give me, you're gonna have to give me a lot of help. And, uh, you know, but that was, you know, guys know, players know. And of course, that was, a, honestly, that game was, was I was just coaching him. But later on, when I got a chance to trade for Mitch, that's, why I wanted it. I knew how hard he was to guard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and how a lot most guys in the league were actually scared of him. You know, they just didn't want to that's you know, he got the nickname Rock for a reason. Yeah. So in in the last five years, we've seen a lot of good coaches get let go. And you talk about the NBA common sense that you have, Jerry, as a coach, but is that the disconnect between a coach these days and the front office and or the owner where they don't have the NBA common sense? Well, I, th I think so. I mean, I think that's always part of it. I mean, you know, because the pressure is, you know, from ownership often down to the GM uh, that, you know, I mean, you can even take a guy like Rick Adelman, who was great. Yeah. Uh, but there came, there came a time just when, well, we got to make a change. Well, you don't have to, uh, but that that's also, you, you know, you see it in the NFL all the time, uh, every professional situation like that, because fans expect a better team and, and that's fine. Uh, GMs always look at it different, probably trying to cover their butts sometimes owners trying to cover their butts and, yeah. and the coaches and the coaches, the easiest, easiest way to do that. And so, 
I always said uh, when I came in the league, a general manager could fire two coaches before or three coaches mm-hmm. before he got fired. Now it's mm-hmm. it's down to two, yep. maybe one. Yep. I mean, there's yeah. a, a faster turnover on it. Hey, uh, for those of you that are going to Bennett's tomorrow to celebrate your Thanksgiving, enjoy it, regardless of whether you're at Bennett's Westside Grill in Rockland or the Eureka location on uh, Lead Hill and Eureka or Sacramento. How and Fair Oaks, uh, happy Thanksgiving. You will absolutely love the Thanksgiving dinner at Bennett's. And, of course, we love talking about Bennett's Westside Grill because that is their newest location in Rockland. Go to Bennett's Restaurants to make your reservations, check out the menu and more. Prime seafood and steak, 60 different types of wine available by the glass. Uh, Bennett's, all three of us, we love Bennett's whenever we're in Sacramento. Uh, Never had anything bad to eat there, and I'm not just saying that because they sponsor the show. Uh, Man, I I miss Bennett's. You can't have a bad outing there. You know, that's... uh... You know, that's that's a fact. Not a lot of talking when the food hits the table. Not a lot of talking. Somebody said Danny Ainge would lose his entire salary from flopping fines alone if they had that rule back then, Vladi, too. Yeah, they they, they were known to do that a little bit. I would put Vladi ahead of Danny in that department. Yeah, yeah. Vladi was, without a doubt, the all-time greatest. I mean, he, he had it down to an art form. Well, plus it was the position he played back then. You know, he was always in the paint. He was on the block, defending bigs on the block, whereas now that doesn't really occur that much. So, I mean, Danny's position as a guard, all right, compared to Vladi, that's another reason. But, yeah, Vladi had it down to a science. Well, you know, too, I I think, like with Vladi, especially against Shaq, uh, he had to exaggerate it to get a call. I mean, they weren't going to call anything. And I would say that that's one of the biggest rules that's that's – clear rules that's never called is a dislodging of a defender. Mm-hmm. In other words, and I mean, Domas gets by with it a lot too. Absolutely. Where you just knock guys backwards, you know, and Shaq was the all time greatest. I mean, he was so strong that, you know, Scott Pollard, as strong as he was, or Vladi, they, you know, he would just knock them backwards. They'd have the position. Well, it's a foul. You know, they're there first. They, they got a right to be there. That's their position. But, you know, they let it go. And so, I mean, for Vladi, it's like, well, I can't stop him. So I'll try to get a foul for flopping here. I mean, even though it wasn't flopping, you know, you could be there, killed almost. There was a call, I believe it was at the beginning of this road trip, and I can't recall specifically right now, where there was a challenge on a foul called on the defender, on Domantas Sabonis, yes. who clearly lowered his shoulder Yep. into the defender and dislodged him and they didn't turn the call. Jerry and I have always had a problem with how that is called. I don't care if the player is in the restricted area or not. The player has a right to be on the floor somewhere. And to me, when the offensive player in that point initiates all the contact with his shoulder, I, Jerry, I don't understand how that's in this day and age is still not an offensive foul. I think they just want to help the offensive players. I really do. I think the league wants more offense. I mean, you see the same thing with guards as much as anything coming into big guys Very who true. are just there, who are just there. And then yep. people say, oh, a lot of contact. Yeah, it's a lot of contact created by the guard. He's coming from 20 foot away from the basket. The big guy is right there. and yep. But it's called consistently that way. So, you know, it's like, does Fox get away with that? Sure. So does Lillard. So does uh, uh, Jay Gilgamesh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so 
you know, but but I mean, my mind is in you really don't need the rule if you're not going to call it. But then again, I, I railed on this, you know, the interrupted dribble. Well, if you're not going to call it, don't have it. And they don't call it. And they don't they, call it. And they don't call it at all. No. The game would change dramatically to me if they called that the way the rule was written as far as that that dribble. I mean, it would change. Rhino, but we see it every possession in every game. It's just not called. You, you wouldn't have any flow to the basketball game if they called that every single time because it happens so much, as you guys said. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we look forward to uh, getting together at halftime. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone here joining us along the way. Enjoy the game tonight. It starts here at the top of the hour, officially 10 minutes after the hour. Then we'll be back at halftime. And then uh, me and Rhino will have the uh, post-game show, get you ready for Thanksgiving. Again, I'm not going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to wait to halftime. But I, I think the Kings will play a very good game tonight. I don't know if a very good game is good enough to beat this team with the with the matchups. I, Jerry and I and Ryan, we talk about this every game. It's not really whether a team's better than you. It's about how you match up with them. And, Jerry, we talk about this. just some really challenging matchups because of the Kings' personnel. Yeah, there really is. I mean, that that's the thing that worries me. I mean, I think with Ingram – and Zion, I don't see, you know, it's just not good matchups for the Kings. I don't know, you know, if Kessler Edwards could could uh, stop Ingram or slow him down. I mean, there's things you hope for, but, but uh, yeah, that's, that's the part that worries me because, as you pointed out, I mean, it is a game of matchups in the NBA. It just yep. is. And, yep. and that's why we saw against Dallas, I mean, Sabonis and Fox so good. They couldn't match up. At Correct. all with Ings, two best guys. And the same thing's going to happen in the next game, Ryan. I just, the, the matchups against Minnesota do not favor the Kings in any way, shape, or form, regardless of who the Kings put out on the floor. No, they don't. But we, we talk about that with the Lakers at times with Anthony Davis, right? And he's a bigger version of a Brandon Ingram to a degree. They're tall, lengthy. Ingram can shoot it a little bit better from the outside. But Point being, Mike Brown finds a way to make adjustments or adjustments to offset the bad matchups, whether it's yep. running a second guy at them, whether it's kind of giving them a parlay of different looks and different defenders so they never get too comfortable and pick up on tendencies on one guy. And I think if the Kings do that tonight, it's going to give them a shot and let the guards pick up three quarters of the court. Let them do that. Don't let Zion come yep. downhill. Yep. Good point. All right, guys. Uh Go ahead, Jeff. Some final thoughts. Yeah, no, I have that that makes a tremendous. And Mike Brown has, you know, he's far smarter than any of us. But a, you yeah. know, he knows his pe people, even the ones that that he has lost. So, uh, but but he knows uh, what he did the last game didn't work, and so he, they're going to make some changes, and uh, then they hope to make shots. That's all. That's uh, it's pretty about as simple as that, right? Oh, you're right. Yep. All right, guys, again, halftime, right back here, post-game right back here. Enjoy the game. Jerry, Rhino, thank you very much. And, again, uh, the Kings and the Pelicans, if you're not able to join us because you're on your way for your holiday travel, be safe, would you please? And uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody.